Welcome to another episode of the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. My name is Rob Murgatroyd, and each week on this podcast, I talk to some of the most fascinating people on the planet in all areas of life, from mindset to fitness to spirituality, and of course, business. Look, I believe you deserve success in all the areas of your life, not only business. But before we get into today's show, you may want to join us on our next Work Hard, Play Hard experience. This year, we're going to be going to Mykonos and Marrakesh. In these experiences, I have hand-selected a group of high-performing business people who are seeking more balance, connection, and they want to celebrate their wins as a reward for the hard work that they put in. If you want someone to curate once-in-a-lifetime experiences and force you to play more, rush over to workhardplayhardexperience.com. Fill out an application so we can jump on a discovery call to see if this is a good fit for you. And remember, excuses are over. It's time to live. You can play with the annotations of your voice and the lines that you're delivering, and then it makes it more interesting because it's a new way that you've never done before, and it becomes more real. It gets your brain going. It's all just a learning experience, and we're all here to learn from each other, right? It's like the most beautiful thing about being able to share culture differences and being able to share culture shocks and things like that because we get to understand and appreciate and respect the other person. We are used to hearing bad news, and so we're used to feeling like there is a lot of bad in this world, which is normal because that's what we get on a daily basis, but there, in reality, is just so, so much more good than there is bad. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Work Hard, Play Hard show. Today on the show is Casey Rose. So why did I want Casey Rose on the show? you ask, because we are in the process of moving to Italy and we are looking for all sorts of places that we can learn about where we're moving. And like anybody else, we get our information from TikTok. And Casey was a Broadway actress. Um, She was on a chorus line, she was on Cats, and now, lives in Florence. The stories, the vibe that we had with each other, the connection, the excitement about something new will be palpable for you in this episode. So whether you're moving to Italy or not, doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. What does matter is that you're hearing two people talk about something that is brand new in their lives. And we're in the process of just beyond the dream. You know, the dream is to X, but we're just beginning this dream together. She's ahead of me um, right now, but she has some of most amazing content about what it's like being an American, banging around in Italy, trying to find Cheetos, looking for, you know, how to use her Apple Pay, how to, where's the Walmart, where's the Target, which none of these exist, and what it's like in a very positive, uplifting, culturally different way that you will really, really enjoy. So I believe that I've caught Casey at the cusp of uh, something really, really big. So without further ado, please enjoy this wide ranging conversation with Casey Rose. Casey Rose, welcome to the show. (laughs) You know, with a name like Casey Rose, you can only be a Broadway star. I mean, wasn't there some other Broadway star with a name like that? Wasn't there like Dixie Rose or something Rose? What am I thinking of? There you go. Gypsy Rose. That's what I thought. Well, listen, I am super excited to have you on the show today. And here's why. My wife and I decided to relocate to Florence, Italy, which is where you are at this very moment. Yes, no way. And we did some research online. And, you know, we all know that the best place to get your news 
is TikTok. I mean, where, <laughs> <Of course. laughs> where else would one go if you want to, if you want to learn than TikTok? And we found, uh, we found you and it, it somehow oh. gave us a lot of comfort in watching your looking at the lens of your stories through a fun way and not a stressful way, because um, as many of the listeners of this show know, we're in the process of moving to Italy. And at the recording of this, we are exactly 11 days away from making that move. So we are literally, no, I'm literally surrounded in boxes right now in our house. Like it's happening. Oh my gosh, it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. Um, (laughs) We're uh, so lots to talk about in that area, but I think great place to start with you because I want my listeners to know who you are. And I don't want this show to be um, just about living in Italy because there's, there's a million people out there who do that. I want them to fall in love with you the way um, our family has fallen in love with you. So I think a great place to start would be to start off in Canton, Michigan. Do you remember that place? Long time ago, vaguely. Yeah, I do. Yeah. (laughs) You started off. You start you're from Canton. You started off a lot like um, like a lot of children do with, you know, peewee soccer. Right. Yeah, but, I was terrible at it. But you weren't you weren't great. And uh, you found <laughs> that you were much better suited uh, for singing Disney classics. Um, yeah. That was that was more your thing. Right. Yeah. What? Well, I used to do car wheels and pirouettes on the soccer field. So my mom decided it was probably a good idea to not do soccer. So <laughs> she's like, I, I think, I don't think honey, we have a soccer star here. She's like, I um, made a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> I made a mistake, but that girl can belt out some show tunes. Let me- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So looking back on that now, what yeah. is it that performing gave you at such an early age? Mm. Um, a sense of being able to express myself. And I know that sounds so cliche, but it truly was, you know, for younger children, it's a way for you to be able to express who you are without judgment and get to play another character, which I thought was so fun and so interesting and getting to find like that creative uh, part of yourself. Yeah. Just finding the creative part of yourself. It was something that instantly dream. Obviously I know I was really good at soccer, but I decided maybe the creative part would be a better option. So, And I, and I, I bet you had no idea while you were pay, playing peewee soccer that someday you would be calling it football. Yeah, <laughs> I could kill deer for, for calling it soccer. Yeah, right. They're like, what are you, what are you talking about? Actually, there is another name. I was corrected. I, I was just in Greece for a month and being in Greece... Mm-hmm. It was bizarre because we were in, we were in Mykonos and uh, we were having dinner at an Italian restaurant the night of the game for the the Euro cup. It was (laughs) the guy who owns the restaurant is from, uh, from Rome and it, they one after the other Italians piled in on Vespas (laughs) covered in flags, Italian flags. And I was like, that night was fucking insane. I have never seen anything like it. It was like, so prideful. And so it was crazy. I've never seen anything like it. It was amazing. They were covered, they were covered in flags, but here's the thing. They were on vacation in Greece. Did Did they pack them? Because you can't go to Greece and buy an Italian flag. No, absolutely. They packed them. They packed multiple just in case one luggage got lost. It was, couple. <laughs> it was, I, I wanted like, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm American and I, I wasn't yeah. like following it the way that they were following it. Yeah. No, me either. So I, I said to the, uh, said to the owner, you know, I'd love, can, can we stay and watch the game? He's like, forget it. Like there's 12 tables in here. Like, there's no way. Like, you know, there's a little thing called COVID right. number one and number two, right, right. like they're, they're lining up out. It was, it was, it was nuts. Indeed. Okay. So skipping forward a bit. Yeah. In 2011, mm-hmm. you found yourself graduating Pace uh, University yes. and you got a degree in commercial dance. Yeah. What is commercial dance? Yeah. So it was in 2015 and it was, so commercial dance is, it was, it's a little bit different than your normal dance program. So it specializes, or at least the program that I went to specializes in all forms of dance. So while some dance programs and colleges do the typical ballet, modern, that type of thing. Um, my program, we did jazz, musical theater, voice, 
aerial, puppeteering, everything and anything that you need to perform in that industry nowadays was part of the curriculum. So I got a very vast education on multiple, (laughs) multiple uh, styles of dance, which was really, really cool. Did you, did you, were you, I mean, obviously you chose the major, but did you, because it's so far from something that I understand. Was Mm -hmm. it like, what does a career path look like with a, with a, a degree in commercial dance? Is it Broadway and acting or like, what is it? It can kind of be, so yeah, I have the same question actually, but uh, no, it can be a couple of things. I mean, depending on which way you want to go, I had some classmates that went to LA, some that went to Broadway, some that went to film and TV, some that went to the more commercial side of music videos and and, uh, TV shows, things like that. Some went to theme parks, down to Disney. Like there's so many different facets of where you can go, which I think um, most people don't realize because it's just who's researching dance programs in their free time. Well, talking about where you can go with this, you know, everybody and their mother knows the longest running show on Broadway is Cats. I mean, this, this show has been going on since I grew up in New York and I don't know, I'm 55. And like, I remember when I was a baby. You know what I mean? Like it has seems like it has been going on for decades. Yeah. Well, they just revived it. Yeah. They just revived it. Um, mm-hmm. Tell me the story of how Cats entered your life. Ah, uh, okay. I was in my dance program, and my uh, the partner of the dance director, the dance director for Pace, was doing Cats regionally yep. at a regional yep. theater. So we all auditioned because who wouldn't want to be in a skin tight leotard? acting as a cat on stage. I think it'd be awesome. I know you would. I know. I mean, it'd, be, it'd be awesome. I don't, I mean, like to put, <laughs> I think they call it drag to put uh, makeup and <laughs> makeup and tights on, but go ahead. Um, no, so we all auditioned and that was how I, I got casted in my first production of Cats. That okay, was you it. Made, all right. You yeah. made that sound really easy because if I walked in there <laughs> and they went, okay, let me see what you got, honey. It would not be pretty. Okay. It was, it was funny because it was literally, I remember there was one part of it that was just improv and it was just like, be a cat. What is that? Be a cat. I was like, okay, I'll be a cat. Yeah, the things I that I saw was, a, it was unbelievable. Truly. Unbelievable. I have so much mad respect for everybody in my industry that has ever auditioned for cats because it is a next level, next level thing. It was so fun. I, I honestly don't know. How, like this audition process is fascinating to yeah. me. I was, um, I was talking to somebody once who auditioned for Saturday, Saturday night live. Mm-hmm. And it's like Lauren Michaels is sitting in, in the, in the dark and yeah. you have, I think it's, I don't know, three, four, five minutes max. Yeah. And it's like, go make me laugh. I've heard that. I've heard that about, um, I heard like Will Farrow did a, did a audition. Yeah. He did it's, a story on that and it's just like, make him laugh. It's just make How him laugh. Is that? <laughs> well, you did it with a cat. I mean, like, I don't, I'm allergic to cats. I, I can't even, <laughs> I can't even, I don't, I don't know. Okay. So one more yeah. question on cats. What does Tell it me. feel like? to arrive before the show starts, get into hair, get into makeup, and then, you know, have somebody with a headset or whatever, go three, two, we're like, what is that rush like? And then the curtain comes up and boom, you're a cat and people are screaming. What's that feeling like? Exactly how you described it. Just the biggest adrenaline rush of like, oh God, oh God. And then you're like, here I am. Like it's very like, yes, zero to a hundred, very, very quick because you, it's when the first note of the, of the music hits and you're like, (laughs) and then you're just a cat. I don't know. I can't even explain it. It's just zero to a hundred. And it's just the biggest like adrenaline rush that you can probably imagine. Yeah. It's amazing. I don't think I'll ever experience something close to the feeling of, of a, of an opening night of a show. Just hearing the orchestra, it's amazing. Whenever you do something for a period of time, you become habituated to it and it becomes Tuesday. You can do your taxes in your head while you're doing the task (laughs) that has become memorized, right? Yeah. I can't ever imagine that happening being on Broadway, but has that ever happened for you where you've just become so habituated to it that your body is doing one thing 
but your mind could be in another place because you got it dialed in. For sure. No, I, I think it happens to probably every single performer because you're, yes, you're a cat or whoever you're playing on stage, especially if you don't have any, um, if you aren't physically speaking or physically moving in that part of the show and you're just kind of chilling on stage, it's so easy to let your mind wander. I would be surprised if any theater performer had not experienced that before. You just kind of have to click yourself back into it. And there's a lot of things that, that uh, theater actors do, lots of tricks that we do to try to keep the show fresh and to keep it interesting so that that doesn't happen and you don't fall into the routine of the same thing over and over again. Do you play with each other on stage where somebody, yeah. where, where like, I know he's off script right now and he's fucking <laughs> with me, but he's trying to get, or she's trying to get a little rise out of me to make it fun. Mm -hmm. Is that what you mean? Something like that? Yeah, sometimes like, you know, within limits of, of being respectful to the script and the director and everything like that, you can play with the annotations of your voice and the lines that you're delivering. And then it makes it more interesting because it's a new way that you've never done before and it becomes more real. It gets your brain going instead of being in the same routine of the same script. Yeah. You know, I've watched documentaries, uh, watched one recently on Garth Brooks and he talked about what it felt like to be on the road and have an entire stadium screaming at him and then going home to a hotel room and there was nobody, but he still had the ringing in his ear of, of the crowd screaming. So it went from total pandemonium and um, ad admiration, adoration yeah. to being alone. What was that like for you going, like performing, having people screaming and then going yeah. back to your apartment in New York? you have to kind of take a minute to settle your body down, right? Because you're still in this adrenaline mode, especially after, after stage dooring, for instance, and people are so excited to meet the cast and whatnot. And then you go home and you're like, <laughs> because it's a lot to take on and you have to let your body and your mind kind of settle back down to a place of like, okay, I am here. I'm no longer a cat. <laughs> I'm Casey. <laughs> Is it easy to yeah. get your ego in the way of this? where you go, like I was listening to James Corden interviewed the other day and he said, mm -hmm. he said something really interesting. Yeah. He said, I, he had to go to therapy for this. It was, he, he had just hit in England with one of his shows. And he said, I walked into the same bar that I've walked into for years and nobody noticed me. Then all of a sudden it seemed like overnight, everybody noticed me. And uh -huh. he said that moment I've mm -hmm. never, he said, I've been chasing that moment my whole life, trying to get that feeling back. And in many ways, I'm not as good as they say, and I'm not as bad as they say, but it was a little bit of a mind fuck for him. Is anything like that come up for you? Oh yeah, of course. Oh my gosh. I, of course, because like you, you all of a sudden, yeah, you have that experience where people do recognize you. Maybe not with cats. People can really recognize me with cats, but with, I did chorus line, for example, ah. um, and I played Cassie. And so I was starting to have people recognize me in the grocery store or, you know, elsewhere. And it can be a very, very, oh no, moment because you start to overthink like any human would. Like you start to overthink. Sure. <laughs> and it's hard not to, but I think, I think the biggest thing is just being able to like recenter yourself and, and remind yourself that you are absolutely worthy and you are doing a good job and there's a reason you got the role. But it's a, it's a hard thing to do. I think any actor has experienced that for sure. Oh my gosh. Bet, I bet. So, all right. In 2018, you decided, yeah. Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go to Italy yeah. and I'm going to do this alone. Um, mm -hmm. Can you take me back? I want to get granular here. Take me back to yeah. the moment that you're packing. Right. <sighs> and maybe tell me what that girl was thinking while she was putting all this stuff in a suitcase. What was going through <laughs> your mind? Slight terror, Why? slight terror, <laughs> of course. Um, but also, you know, a mix of, of terror and excitement, a very bizarre mixture of the both and anxious, but couldn't wait to be there, mm -hmm. you know, and, and you, it's, it's a very exciting moment, obviously, but I, I was scared for sure. What prompted, what prompted the move? Oh, not the move. What prompted the trip? The trip? I realized that I had wanted to go to Italy for a really, really long time. I'd been wanting to go for a really long time. And I kept saying, I'll wait till I have somebody to go with. I'll wait till I have somebody to go with. 
And then I, I was at home one night and I was like, why am I waiting for somebody to go with it? Like I, I'm sitting here, I've been thinking about this for a year or two years of wanting to do this. Why am I not doing it? Because it just seems that life is too short to not do things, even if they are scary. And even if you do have to do them alone, it's just, it's too short to not do them. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go, I'm going alone. I'm I'm just doing it. I'm just doing it. So you get get on the plane, you're you're flying JFK, you land in somewhere in Rome, Florence, whatever. And how did your boyfriend Dario enter your life? Yeah. Okay. So this is a, so this is crazy because so, uh, when I was planning my trip, I was only planning on going to Florence for two days, right? I was planning on Venice, Florence, Rome, only in Florence for two days, a couple months before my trip. I, um, this woman walked into my work. I'd never seen her before. I never saw her again. Um, but she had lived in Florence for a couple of years and she was telling me how great it was and how much she loved it. X, Y, Z. So that night I went home and I, I changed my trip to three days. Cause I was like, Oh, she made it seem so great. So I'm going to change my trip to three days and come a day earlier than I had originally planned. So fast forward, I'm there at my trip It's my first night in Florence. And I decided to go to a jazz club that my friend had recommended to me. And I met Dario at the jazz club. All right, so D- Dario is 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 standing there at the jazz club, looking looking uh, looking all Italian stallion, right? And you're like, <laughs> you're you're the yeah, you're, you're gypsy, gypsy Rose coming in from New York on a, a little sabbatical. Does does he give you the the um, his version of how you doing? Does that is that is that like is that like yeah a little bit. <laughs> Except a little, a little more, a little more of this. With a little bit of a hand, yeah. A little of course, bit of the hands. Not? A little bit of a hand. No, he came over and he said, he said ciao, and I said ciao, and I said that's all the Italian I know. And he said that's okay, done. we can speak in English. And then gave me one of these, and I said, all right, it's done. Good. So, okay, so that night, that that night, you're at the bar, and you guys are just you're you're just talking, you're connecting, yeah. and okay, but then. But then the trip's over and you just got a guy's number and you connected and there's a soulful connection, but you're like, yeah, yeah I, I don't live in Italy and you live in Italy and I live in New York, but also in your head, you're going, yeah. but it's fucking COVID too. Like, like this is like work is Broadway shut down. Jobs are like, what the hell? But you, so you fly home, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause it was back in 2018. So luckily COVID wasn't, you know, around then, but it wasn't, oh, it was oh, so oh, crazy. That's right. There was, yeah, I, can't, it was I, can't, yeah, yeah. I can't imagine a world without COVID. You're I right. know. Wasn't that crazy? <laughs> I, saw, I was watching TV the other day and the, it was an old TV show and nobody was wearing masks. And I legit was like, why aren't they wearing masks? What, what, what and happened? I had to remember, I was like, oh, there was a world before COVID. You're right. This is a little, a little pre COVID. Okay. But you did yeah. come back and then, so you yeah. went back to work. Yeah. It, no, it was, it was so crazy because we spent my three days in Florence together and it sounds so cheesy, but when I say we FaceTimed every day, we FaceTimed every single day. And it was, it was, we talk about it now just like, Oh yeah, shit. That was crazy. Cause we, we never, it wasn't a question of like, are we doing this or not? It was just like, all right, I guess we're doing it. Like it was, do it never a question. So, you know, he, I, I told him, I was like, well, if you ever want to come to New York, you got a place to stay, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then, and then I, t- I texted him that when, like when I was flying back to New York and then he sent me back a picture of a plane ticket. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. So then he came. Yeah. So then he came to New York a month later and then he left, came back again, two weeks later. Cause he, fell in love with New York and, and wanted to look for a job there because he's a chef so he can kind of work anywhere. And so he started looking for jobs, uh, started to kind of get his foot in the door with a couple of places with some Italian restaurants that were from Florence like him. And um, yeah. And so we did long distance for a year and just flew back and forth to see each other. But he never got a job in New York. He did. Not till later, December, 2019. December, December 20... 2019. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, how long was he in New York for? Well, he moved in December 2019 and then and then COVID hit. That's <laughs> what okay, COVID. got it. That's where COVID hit. Yeah. Okay, so COVID yeah. hit, then everything yeah. shuts down. Yeah. So but he was he... luckily, yeah, no, he was still here. He was still in New York. He was so in New York. Th- does he say let's get out of here and go to Florence? Well, I couldn't, I couldn't leave. I couldn't, um, I couldn't get into that's, Italy. That's right. Yeah. Italy was shut was, down. It was so crazy. I know when you think about it now, do you, are you ever like, that's fucking insane that that happened? Because I 
stop and I'm like, how I cannot believe that this happened. It's just it's I like a, it's like a it. dream. Okay, so yeah. how did you how and when did you eventually get to Italy getting through this COVID? Shit. January 2021, this past January. So like in, I think like October, we, we, or September even, I, I was like, what if we like lived in Italy? <laughs> what if we went to Italy? You asked. I did. Yeah. Cause did I, I always the, wanted to live abroad. Did you get an elective visa? Is that how you did it? Uh, he was on a J1 visa. So he was, he was working in a restaurant and I am on a study visa here. I'm, I'm studying Italian. Oh, and it was so study great. visas. I know study visas are one of the only back then were one of the only visas that they were approving. I need to learn Italian anyway because my boyfriend's Italian. I got to learn Italian. Right. So I was like, well, <laughs> this works out. And so yeah, I was like, well, what if we went to Italy? All right. So now we got. Now we got. Now we're caught up. Now we got the guy. Now we're living yeah. in in yeah. Italy. You're in Florence. <laughs> How the hell did you become a TikTok star? <laughs> When did that happen? It was so random. It was so, (laughs) so random. I'm not kidding. I literally used TikTok. I shit you not. I used it for um, videos of cats and cooking, like cooking videos and videos of cats. I never uploaded. I never like did anything with TikTok or Instagram, which is hilarious. But how it started was uh, we were on the plane coming over to Italy and I like made a compilation video of me and Dario's relationship, just literally to show him. I was like, look, I made a video, like so fun. Okay, and I good, uploaded okay, yeah. it. Yeah, I uploaded it to TikTok. So I was like, yeah, why not? Sure, upload. <laughs> and then I turned my phone off for 15 hours for a 15 hour travel day. And I opened TikTok at like 15 hours later, the video had gone viral. And I was like, oh, I was like, okay. And then we were in quarantine. We had mandatory quarantine for two weeks. I was like, well, what am I going to do in quarantine? So I decided to start making videos of all these interesting things that I was figuring out here and, and learning as I was going along. And yeah, it was crazy. Okay, so I it, don't, I don't know. I have a, I have a sense that you recognize what's happening, but I don't think that you get the totality of what's happening here. There is, I can tell you looking in from the other side, obviously we're interested in moving to Italy. So we have an interest, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of Italiophiles who are interested in this stuff. Uh, I'll wake up in the morning and my wife will say to me, did you check out Casey? Did you, did you you see? I was like, no, where is she? That's what's happening. What's happening is people are, People are watching everything. I mean, I, I know what goes on when you get a haircut and you got to tip them and you don't have to, I know, like, I know you can't leave your house with wet, with wet hair. I know when to have a cappuccino. <laughs> I, I know everything. So oh my I, God. you have a very unique spin on this, uh, by the way, uh, as an aside, do you know who Massimo Batura is? Oh gosh, it sounds so familiar. So Massimo Batura owns the most successful or the highest rated Michelin star restaurant in the world uh, called uh, Osteria Francescana. Yes. Dario, Dario has mentioned him because Dario is a chef. Yes, that's how okay. I know the name. Yes. I want you to go back and watch okay. episode one of, okay. Chef's, of Chef's Table on Netflix. I love Chef's Table. That's where I know him from. Okay. Okay, yep. watch episode one. Here's why. Their relationship is exactly the same. It started exactly the same as yours. She yeah. was, a, she was, a, he was living in Italy. He was, I'm sorry. He was living in Italy. She was a waitress at an Italian restaurant. He came from Italy to work in the restaurant. They met there. He left. No. They had a relationship, went back and forth. She moved to Italy and now created the number one restaurant in the world for the last three years in a row. Highest rated Michelin star restaurant ever. I'm doing an You're event with. No, I'm doing an event with him in uh, at his uh, private villa in October. Uh, oh, the thirteenth. Okay. I'll tell you about it later. It's it's okay. it's, cra- it's crazy <laughs> stuff. But you have a very unique spin on your content. So when you're creating things, obviously, you have, you know, the the training on acting, performing, but you're you're performing a little. But you're not like over the top, like you're just 
you're doing like a little one minute play of showing yeah. us sort of what you're doing, but you're mm-hmm. doing it in such, as you well know, the bureaucracy in Italy is maddening. It's, oh it's, it's maddening. So I watched your video where you did a, a video. It was the first time I saw oh. a chink in your armor. It was like, can anybody work the fucking yeah. post office here? No. Can anybody, for the love of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, can anybody figure this thing out? So we're getting ready to ship our boxes. And I said, Tim, whatever we do. Do not do it to Post Italia. Don't do it. Do not do it to Post Italia. Don't do it. No, we found this uh, company just as an aside. You may want to do something. It's called send, it's called sendmybag.com. Great. Sendmybag.com. Got sendmybag.com. it. Sendmybag.com. It goes uh, it goes right to uh, our, our, we have a six year old daughter and she's going to the International School oh. of Florence. Um, oh, good. Yeah. So uh, some of our friends there is like do like whatever you do, whatever service you use, just make sure Post Italia is not involved because it'll get all fucked up. It, it'll get lost. Yeah. It'll get lost. It, it'll get crazy. So. Your yeah. ability to communicate these things is mm-hmm. interesting because you're taking you're you're taking maddening bureaucratic things, mm-hmm. mixing them with customs and traditions that are really very, very interesting for you. And watching you discover these things in your first yeah. year, you kind of like we talked about earlier with cats, like this is new for yeah. you. So you, yeah. you're seeing everything with new eyes. But after yeah. a while, it's going to be like, well, this is how it's done in Italy. And it's not anything shocking to you anymore. So I love watching you uncover these things. And so does everybody else, too. Yeah. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. There's something new every day, I swear. Something I, new every day. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I hadn't, hadn't seen that one before. Um, yeah. Which of your TikToks are the ones that you think are resonating the most with people? Ooh, I think the culture shock videos, for sure. The culture shock videos, just because I've had so many people reach out and be like, I had the exact same culture shocks, even if it wasn't when I moved to Italy, it's when I moved to to Europe or to the States, you know, those so many people are like, thank God I'm not the only one that has experienced these culture shocks because they are like something that you would never think about before you move to another country. Yes, there's Google, but there's other things that you just learn from living here from living in a different place. It's just so different. And so I've had a lot of people reach out in that sense. All right. So let's, let's go the other way. Now let's talk about how the Italians are reacting to this. And I noticed that, you know, there's a, there's a yin and a yang to everything. And, you know, I've, I've got my face out there on the internet just as much as anybody. I've got a, a podcast that people listen to and, I have learned to have thick skin because people can be fucking cruel. I mean, it's unbelievable, right? Yeah, I mean, it's unavoidable, yeah. It's unavoidable. And I noticed in one of your posts, you did um, something where you were talking about menus in English. Mm -hmm. And somebody's giving you some pushback and they're saying, well, that's a tourist place. And you're saying, well, I live in Florence and the whole city's a tourist place. So that doesn't mean that every restaurant and that has, yeah. I got the, I got the Italians points that they're catering yeah, to the tourists, cool. but also I got your point, which is that you're in Florence. You're not in, you know, Gabagool, Italy. You're yeah. in, you're, you're actually in Florence. Yeah. So, so yeah. it's going to happen. How does that feel for you? Uh, well, first, what's been the reception from the Italian side and how does it feel for you when you get pushed back like that? Well, actually like I've gotten a very warm welcome from, from Italians. I think because I, I truly do, I respect their culture so much. And I just like, I'm fascinated by Italy and Italians and they're, they're I'm just, I'm fascinated by it. So I haven't, luckily I haven't really experienced too much negativity and too much pushback from, from Italians. They've been, and Italians in general, I think are just some of the warmest, kindest people ever. But when I, when I do get pushback, obviously like at first you're like, Oh shit. But I think everybody just has a different point of view. And as long as it stays respectful, there's nothing wrong with that because I I want to learn. I'm, I'm learning just like, they are. And who better to learn from than Italians, you than know? Than the Italians. So, yeah. And so, like, if somebody just say, ah, you know what, actually, like, X, Y, Z, I'm like, oh, okay, Capito, got it, got it, got it. And I'll run things by Dario first. I'll be like, is this right? And he'll be like, yes. And sometimes, 
you know, Italy is a big country, right? And so things are done very differently in the South versus the North, right? Nine day, nine and day. so something that I say about Italy might only pertain to the North, right? And so somebody down South would be like, oh, actually, like we do that down here. I'll be like, oh, oh my God, that's so good to know. And then you learn something new. And I think when you view it in that light, instead of taking it like personal, like it's all just a learning experience and we're all here to learn from each other, right? It's like the most beautiful thing about being able to share culture differences and being able to share culture shocks and things like that because we get to understand and appreciate and respect the other person and everybody gets educated and it's just, it's a beautiful thing. So when you view it in that light, instead of it being this um, negative thing, you're right. learning, right? There's nothing wrong with learning and 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 gaining new experiences. There's nothing wrong with it. So I think there's there's nothing worse than the Americans coming there and talking about how things are different back home. Well, go back home. What the yeah, hell are you doing? In, I you know. know. What I mean? Like, why, aren't you trying to expand? <laughs> like, I get it. They don't have a king size bed. Okay, that's not how I they know. do it. They don't do it here. You know, yeah, like uh, know. my uh, my attorney who's helping me out with the Italian visa. Uh, we got a we got a uh, an elective visa, and uh, the attorney who's helping me out with it said, "You have no idea the questions I get." Like, I said, "What's the most common?" He said, "The air conditioning is not cold enough, and the Wi-Fi is not fast enough." <laughs> oh my gosh, we <laughs> love air conditioning. I had no idea. I Good. had no idea. I'll walk in somewhere and I'll be like, "Oh, it's a little warm. Like, is there maybe like an air conditioner or something?" And they're like, "Ah, oh, you're American, huh?" American. I'm like. I bet you, oh, I bet yay. you on, I, I bet you on ice cubes in that glass too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anytime <laughs> I ask for water, it's so funny. Like the places I go now, <laughs> Yeah. because obviously I look very American. I don't know how, but I do apparently. And so they'll just give me ice in my water now. Here's a fan. Here's a fanny you, pack. Honestly, I wanted it. <laughs> yeah. We'll give you the fanny pack and the ice cubes. You know, there's no, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's no Apple pay. There's no target. There's, there's no Walmart. Uh, you, mm-hmm. you can't get your ranch dressing. You can't get yeah. your Cheetos, but you don't have to leave a tip or at least not I much, will. at least not much I of mean, one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there are positives and negatives, honestly, obviously, but I think that's part of the reason why I share the things I do to try to help people that come over here that so they don't have those expectations because obviously things are going to be different than how they are in the States. Of course they are. It's Italy. They have different customs, different traditions. They don't have king size beds aren't as normal. It's two, like two different beds put together. Right. Can I tell you how American I, let me tell you how American I am. Please tell me I can back you up on it. You're not, you're not going to believe I did this. My wife is so pissed, but I don't care. I did it anyway. (laughs) I need sleep. I got it. Yeah. If I don't, if I don't sleep, I'm miserable. Yeah. And every time I come to Italy, I love everything about it, but the bed. It it's like, it's two king size beds. I sleep in sure. the middle. I'm falling through. I'm like I hanging know. on at night trying to, <laughs> so I shift a bed and it's waiting for me. It's, Shut it's, up, did you? I swear to God, I swear to God. It's literally, I just got the FedEx thing. It's there. But I don't blame you though. I'm not, I don't I'm blame not dealing you. with it. I'm not dealing because with it. I think there's also like, there's nothing wrong with like, if you do have things that you're very used to with something that really like does bother you, there's nothing wrong with, with making it happen abroad. So you can feel more at home and feel more comfortable. I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. That's hella funny. <laughs> I did. I did. Listen, I don't like the wrinkles on my forehead. I, I, Botox, I look like I'm coming out of the earth's atmosphere, coming out of J- Jupiter right now, entering the earth's atmosphere, but I don't care. I, I don't right? want the, I don't want the uh, the wrinkles. Have you heard of this guy? Guy who wrote a who? book. His name is Beppe Severini. Have you heard no. of this? No, I haven't. Dude, you are gonna you're gonna thank me. Try, you have to promise me you're gonna read this. Okay. I will. Beppe, I'm writing it down. Beppe <laughs> Severini. He is a writer for the New York Times. Okay. He's from Milan, and okay. he writes. It's literally called a field guide to the Italian minds. <laughs> He okay. will, you, I'm telling you, if you read it today and you read the okay. first chapter, you will not be able to put it down. You're going to be like, yeah. holy shit. That much Amazon. <laughs> you are going to freaking love this book. And he's got, he's Great. got, ten, he's got 10 of them. Um, you're going to love them. Um, oh my God. Okay. okay. So we're going to, yeah. we're going to switch it up a little bit. And I'm going to yeah, ask you some, on. some weird Personal questions as we okay. wrap. Just roll with it. You're going to be like, why is he asking Great. me these questions? Just roll with it. What okay. is on your nightstand? You are a badass. The book, You Are a Badass. 
I interviewed her, Jen Sincero. Sincero. Oh she's great. Oh my God, you did. Was she amazing? Yeah. She's oh, amazing. God. She's I a beast. <laughs> she's a beast. Um, she she's a manifester, but but in a really fun way. She's got like a a, a hard edge to it. She's good. Uh, what do people often get wrong about you? Oh my gosh. Maybe, I mean, maybe when they see me, because I, I sometimes have resting bitch face. So I think when people <laughs> see me sometimes, they think that I mean. <laughs> Perfect. It's exactly what I wanted. RBF. That's what I got. Yeah, what, truly. What new behavior in your life has most improved your life? So in other words, I started doing this thing. And since I've been doing this thing, it's actually really made a difference. Um, I started two things. I started saying yes. And I started seeing things in a positive light. I tried mm. to spin things in a positive way and, and try to think about what I can learn from it. Even if it's something bad, what I can learn from it. And I, when I started spinning my mind that way, it was like a whole new world and, and perspective opened up. Yeah. That's so good. Started saying yes. And the other thing is um, spinning it positive, right? Can you imagine if the world started saying yes more and they started turning negatives into positives? Like a, those are, you can know, you imagine? Yeah. I mean, this is, this is going to be, uh, this is going to be Casey's next book. This is good. I love oh, that. <laughs> oh, maybe it's my title for my book. <laughs> are there any opinions or positions that you had in the last few years, it could be way back to, it doesn't have to be in the last few years that you've changed your mind about where you're like, you know, I used to think this way, mm -hmm. but I don't, I don't anymore. I've changed my mind. Now I think this way. Mm -hmm. I used to think that the world was a big, bad, scary place. And it's not, Ooh. and it's not, the world Ooh. is big. It is. But I think, I think we are used to hearing bad news. And so we're used to feeling like there's a lot of bad in this world, which is normal because that's what we get on a daily basis. But there in reality is just so, so much more good than there is bad. Do you think that you would have answered the question the same way if you were still living in New York? I don't know. I don't think I would. So I don't know, you know if I would. You know, my wife said something to me the other day. She said, uh, we, I, I told you at the beginning, we spent four months in Florence and she said, I got to be honest with you. I like you better in Italy. And <laughs> I like you better in Italy too. So I get it. <laughs> so, so may, maybe there, there is some magic to the lens uh, that you're, that you're currently in that allows you to look at it through a lens that is so different from the lens. There's a, there's yeah, an author, sure. another, another guy you should connect with. He actually just moved to Florence. His name is David Bach. Um, he wrote a book called the latte factor and it's been, I don't know, on, on, it, it's been in the top 20 on the New York times, probably for wow. 15 years. It's about savings. Um, really? Okay. He hit, he hit a point in his life where he's been saving all this money and teaching people how to save money. And then he just said, well, I think I need to start living richly. And so he's like, well, how do I do it? And he moved his family to Florence and PBS just did a special with him, Francis Ford Coppola, who's in Italy and Sting, who's in Tuscany uh, and, oh Francis, and Francis Mays. So it's Sting, Francis Mays, Coppola and him. Um, it's called Dream Italia. Mm -hmm. And uh, okay. it's an amazing it's an amazing series from multiple different directions. That I think you'd really enjoy. Ooh, okay. Oh my gosh. I'm like writing that's down. A, that's, a, that's what this <laughs> is about. We're, we're, we're swapping ideas. Okay. So we're going to do a, a quick speed round now as we do our final wrap. What would one of your friends say is your superpower? Um, being able to quote the office. That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> do you know, it's funny when you have a six-year-old and you and your wife do that all day long. We went out to dinner the other night. We're sitting with another uh -huh. couple and out of nowhere, my six-year-old goes, that's what she said. Oh. And I went, oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Do you collect anything or have you ever collected anything? Ooh, I don't collect anything now, but I used to collect Tamagotchis. What you remember those? It? No. Oh, my gosh. They were these little, little keychain things, right? With, yeah. um, like, digital pets on them. Listen, and you just I had to keep your Tamagotchi from dying. And it was the best. 
Casey, I was born in I was born in 1966. <laughs> you know, there was no digital anything. I had Mr. Potato Head, okay? And I was lucky to have it. <laughs> well, I also collected Britney Spears CDs, so that too. Yeah, I was in I was I was on my first marriage when Britney came out. What, <laughs> what do people never ask you? But you wish they did. You're like, people ask me all the time, but but they never ask me this. What my favorite hype song is, what my ultimate hype song is. I know that's so random, but no, what my not, ultimate hype song is. What is it? Don't stop me now from Queen. You put that song on. <laughs> okay. I could be, I could be on my deathbed and I will I will be, I will rally and we will be going out. I swear. I literally I love am, this song. That's oh really, God, really funny. <laughs> what book have you reread? The mm. most. You are a badass, mm-hmm. Jen. Yeah. Uh, and Harry, Harry Potter, but specifically Harry Potter, Deathly Hallows. Oh, that's interesting. What yep. is your uh, guilty pleasure? Cheetos. 10,000% Cheetos. Crunchy Cheetos. Normal, not flaming hot, crunchy, normal Cheetos. I could eat a whole bag of them. And it's actually probably best that they're not sold here in Italy because it was dangerous. If you had to give a TED Talk on nothing that you're known for. So you're not doing a TED talk on uh, acting. You're not doing anything on Italy, but it could be on anything that you like other than those two things, anything you have a passion for, what would it be? Anything about the office. Why is the best show? Why I love it. Oh my gosh. Yes. I could give a TED talk on anything about the office. I love it. Was there something in the office that you saw working in the corporate world or is it the acting the, the way the, that they deliver the it and the humor. Yeah. I just, it's, I just love, I love, I mean, I love, um, Steve Carell, but like, it's just the jokes and the acting and the humor get me every single time, Rob. I have watched, I have watched <laughs> this show through probably 50 times. That's that maybe even be too small. Like I love this show and the jokes never get old. They never so, get old. <laughs> he's so good. Did you see the movie he did with Mark Wahlberg? Which one? I don't know what it was. I can't, I have to look it up. So somebody's going to, somebody's going to message me now. He did a movie with Mark Wahlberg and Mark okay. Wahlberg is, is in the scene. And I saw him interviewed and he, he, uh, he talked about this. He's Mark Wahlberg has got his shirt off and Steve Carell is in there talking to him. He looks at him and he says, would you put your goddamn shirt on, please? <laughs> I can watch anything with Steve Carell. I think he is so funny. His delivery is unbelievable. (laughs) It's on point. It's so good. It's so good. All right. Last question. What one question would you like to ask me? We'll change it up. (gasps) Oh my gosh. I would like to reverse the question back on you that asked that you asked me. What is one thing that you that that you think differently of now that you maybe Mm. thought something different a year ago, a month ago, five years ago? I am very entrepreneurial by nature. And when I see somebody that is complaining about their lot in life, I have an immediate reaction to, well, just go get a fucking job or just go create a business or just Mm -hmm. get out of your own shit. And because that's how I view things. And I've came from not great circumstances and I've been able to find a way to pull myself up by the bootstraps and and rise above it. And now I realize that it's not always easy for people to make the changes that they talk about in their life. Sometimes they're just in pain and sometimes they have emotional traumas that they just have not been able to work through. Sometimes there are circumstances like when you are, I don't know, I'll make up an example, a single mom with three kids and a job, and you're trying to figure out how to survive. Your Mm -hmm. head is not in the most creative place to be able to change your lot in life. So what I realized is that I can easily be a dick in that area and not be not be empathetic to somebody's situation. So my knee jerk is always, well, go fix it. Right, right. But, yeah. But now I've realized that to truly help facilitate a change, or at least certainly part of it, 
is to have compassion and empathy and encouragement and know that people are going through whatever journey it is that they're on, they're on their journey. That's not your journey. That's their journey. Your job is not to fix it. Your job is to be a human, a human. Yes. A human. Could you imagine if, if the world ran like that, if we all had that similar mindset of viewing each other as human beings and that we all have our own struggles. Could you imagine what, what type of change that would make? Casey, you and, me, you and me are going to do it. We're going to, we're going to, we we're going to be the, the Pied Piper, a change in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yes. When you come to Florence, we'll have yep. to do it. We'll start a band. It'll be amazing. <laughs> It'll be amazing. It'll be amazing. I'll, I'll wear, uh, you can wear your kombucha, butcha, uh, keychain t-shirt. And, I'll amazing. Put a, and you Mr. wear your lashes and your pumps. And, and with a Mr. Potato head shirt on. Yes. Uh, do you have any final words, suggestions, or an ask for people that are listening? Do the things that scare you. They're so rewarding. Do the things that scare you. I heard, I, I got the advice once that um, you should do one thing a day that scares you. Mm. Because when it scares you, that's when you know that you're going to grow from it. And Google, so... Google that and with, with uh, TED Talk. There's a girl who did that for 360, yeah. six, 365 days. Every day, she did one thing that scared her. And it, uh, I don't want to give the surprise away, but the 365th one is pretty incredible. So yeah, you'll, yeah okay. you'll, you'll, it's, it starts small and it, it builds big. Well, this has been, uh, more fun than I thought it was, than I imagined it was going to be. Not that, uh, I thought it was going to be bad, but I didn't realize it was going to be this freaking good. So this has been an absolute blast. Thank you so much uh, for, uh, for doing this. And I will link everything up in the show notes. Awesome. Thank you for having me. This is fun. (laughs) You're welcome. All right. Thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game or their play hard game, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live.